0: to our listeners. This episode's content discusses disturbing topics covering sexual harassment, abuse, and emotional trauma that could be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Kim Austin is a stage and production manager at the Yucca North, previously known as the Green Room in Flagstaff, Arizona. She has worked with the likes of Bad Cop, Authority Zero, The Venomous Pinks, and many more, just to name a few. Kim has always led with interactions with the utmost professionalism and kindness with every show, from soundcheck to her last call. Her self-made story is an inspiration, not just for our local scene, but women in the punk industry everywhere.
1: From the pit. Documented musical stories. thrashed in the crowd and
0: raged from the back.
2: We are Sound Sisters.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Sound Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Drea Dahl, and I'm here with my lovely ladies. Say hello, ladies. Here <coughs> real Angela Rose Red. Yeah, Kiss. <coughs> On this episode, we're gonna be talking to Kim Austin, production and marketing manager out at the Yucca North aka the green room in flagstaff arizona but before we bring her in let's go around the room angela what's going on with you well we have
3: a new family member in our house uh barnabas batsy our beloved pup now has a sister named lily munster lily munster (laughs) love her She's been making our home more complete every day, but uh, we rescued her from a local organization. Uh, She was two years old. She's a pug, all kinds of adorable. Uh, We knew we wanted a dog for our dog pretty much. And I wanted some female energy in the fucking house. So I was really excited. Um, I just wanted to bring this up because I want to encourage people who are looking for other fur animals to consider adopting instead of shopping. Um, There's a lot of animals out there that are in needs of homes and a lot of people kind of get blinded by the breeder option because a lot of times people want purebreds. And just to let you know that there are other ways, um, I did go through and searched and filled out many, many different applications for um, pug organizations that um, do rescue. And so I got rejected a bunch, but um, this particular organization, I had to go to their house, definitely masked it up. Did the social distancing thing, took Barnabas, made sure it was a good fit. But I'm not going to lie. I wrote a hell of an application and I was really (laughs) excited, but I was one of many that they were considering. And ultimately she did fucking choose us. Like she came to us, like she cuddled with me like right away, they canceled everyone else after us. Mm -hmm. And so um, it does take a lot more persistency on your part to shop, especially if you're looking for a certain kind of breed or animal. Mm -hmm. But do it because, I mean, she's two years old and I just look at her and she wags her tail. She's so fucking happy. (laughs) And Barnabas is a rescue too. And there's something very special about rescuing animals. so. Well,
0: congratulations on your new family member. That's exciting. I can't wait for you to post pictures so that everyone can see your new family member. She's very cute. And I can't wait to meet her. I love (laughs) her.
3: I love her. (laughs) And uh, one last thing that I have an update is another update on my saga of my art room. I know I've talked about this many fucking times on this podcast. You're probably really tired of hearing about it. But I want to say this because I feel a lot of people are struggling with this. You know, I had everything in order came, hurry up, work at home. And then all of a sudden my art room just became an office and I stopped creating, I stopped writing, I stopped doing many things. So I did a lot of work to divide up my room. So now it's number one in art space and a secondary office. So there's one section for work. And then the other part were my records and my art supplies so I can party. And I'm already starting to feel the creative flow because I am going to be working with Gabby on launching a new business for myself and some of my pieces i'm not gonna do, uh, talk too much about it but why do you guys do
0: that do you, you guys I notice am. that like the both I'm, of you uh, are always like it? i got new business adventures but i can't say much about it
1: <laughs> well because that builds like the suspense and people wanting to know what you're up to because yeah. people are and they want to know what you are up to. <laughs> yes, this is and true. So we got to build it up and then boom, drop it.
3: Well, and part of mine <laughs> is I'm doing a lot of testing as
0: to what oh, I'm trying okay. to focus so, on. Okay, well that's exciting. I can't wait to see that too. Like fucking a. Yeah. Well, and to go back to that, it's all about like balance in the room and mm-hmm. making that space for yourself, for your art, for your work. You need to have some separation there, otherwise. You're going to go crazy, dude. And, and you know. need to leave that room once in a while. Like it's not just for work. You know, she's really yeah. saying that
3: to me because I've been saying
0: this since COVID it's like, been started here, quote, started or whatever. But it's a fucking thing. I'm proud of you for making yeah. moves and setting up a fucking art room. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah thank yeah. you. I'm excited. So yeah. thank and you. I'm going
3: to
1: do that website. So yes, we're going to working on it. Yeah. And you guys will
3: be the first to hear
1: about
0: it. <laughs> Once I have something worth talking about. She'll hint about it that she can't say too much. She has a website. Uh, Gabby, what's up with you? Well, I can't say much about
1: it. (laughs) 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 You bitches. That's the name of the business. I can't say much about about it. it, But I will say one thing is uh,
0: trademark this shit. (laughs)
1: patent pending well i can't say much about
0: it.com
1: i can say that i have my master back from a solo single which i'll be releasing soon ish maybe in the next couple months and then with the rest of the other businesses and stuff so
3: dude she has like 30 handles that she just just you buy them and collect like Ew. like pokemon
1: cards i we, do
0: have some pretty good pokemon cards we bought we fucking bought uh, some other websites the other day because we were just <laughs> brainstorming yeah. we're like mm-hmm. is this open is this open yep but i can't say much yeah, about we it, can't what about it. Is? we can't like say much bitch. about it but <laughs> i can't say much about we have it. a lot of projects and
1: cool stuff happening and like i i don't like to say too much stuff so people don't like steal the, steal idea. the idea or yeah. just i don't know
3: well, I think like, that there's a lot to say about allowing some discovery phases. So but, maybe instead we can coin. I can't say much about it. To yeah. we're in the
1: discovery phases right now. <laughs> the development, we're exploring. And development, <laughs> we're exploring. We're marketing, but out. no. Hopefully, I'll be dropping like four different things uh, before May. So,
0: I've but, seen the prototypes. Yeah,
1: I'm digging it. So, what about you, Drea? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't say much about it. Um, <laughs> Pinks are working on demos. We're going to start working with a certain member in a certain band, but I can't can't say too much about it, yeah. about who that band is. But you guys know who it is. Are you serious? You, if you listen to this podcast, we've talked about them many times, yeah. but I can't say much about it. Uh, so I'm excited to work with her. I'll just... I mean, I'll drop that (laughs) hint. Who the fuck is that?
3: I really want to (laughs) know.
0: Our vinyl came out the other day. Uh, Finally shipped to everyone that bought a Mm pre-order copy. If you haven't already, go to the Die Laughing Records web store and buy one. Or you can wait. We're going to put out uh, an exclusive vinyl on our shop Mm -hmm. that has an insert. But I can't say too much about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, now people are going to want to know now what's in exclusive. it, you guys it exclusive. exclusive you guys have and to it's write gonna, a song
0: i can't, can't say too it. much about it it has to happen Please? yeah we'll think about it can throw all, something right. In there. <laughs> all right um so look forward to that and if we do we we'll, of course we'll blast it out on mm-hmm. social media and it'll be an exclusive copy from the pink sign mm-hmm. with an insert it's gonna be <gasps> rad that means mm-hmm. i get your autograph oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the sound sisters is Lack for a better term, the dark side of punk rock. Now, we've gone ahead in our previous podcast and we've talked about the struggles that women in the music industry sometimes face. And we've kind of lightly touched on this topic, but we haven't, you know, dove into what can happen at shows and what has happened. There's really no gentle way to say this if you've listened to this podcast before you know the three of us are pretty open and transparent with all of you so let's get into it this round table have you ever been sexually harassed at a show that you've played or been at punk rock show metal show any type of show I'll go first (laughs) (laughs) so we played a show in Prescott Prescott. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. We played a show in Prescott with a band that's up there and they're called Undefined. And at the time, um, I think punk rock karaoke headlines. So that's mm. why we went up there and made the drive. I think. I don't know. We've, we've played there a few times. When we tour together, we really do just all hang out together. There's not a lot of wandering and it's always like a buddy system thing and knowing where each other are. Honestly, And if you ever want to come meet us at the show, come find us at the merch table because usually all of us are just at the merch table hanging around. We happen to all be like hanging out at the merch table. And um, at this particular venue, they had given us some drink tickets. And this was at the time when like I really did like drink a lot and like party and just throw down. And um, this was, you know, pre-diabetic, like pre pre-health journey. So like just... I'm in that mindset of like, yeah, I'm drinking, I'm out of town, like I'm my f- I'm with my friends like, yeah, <laughs> Yolo. Yolo. yeah, back in the Yolos. Space. Um so the way this bar was set up is is press get their old saloons and yeah. they've they've stayed true to how the bars are set up there. And the way I had to like go up to the bar was kind of like step up on this platform and then hit the bar. So like my ass was kind of like, hanging out you like poking out like the way i was standing it was just out i didn't think anything of it you know the band is right behind me and i'm waiting for the bartender to come over and ask me what i want and so all of a sudden i feel like somebody slapped my ass and at first i think it's my band because they're literally behind me and i'm like these bitches like (laughs) like, "Who's, who's fucking with me right now So I turn around and it's actually the bass player from Undefined that had slapped my ass. Mind you, I've never met this person. I don't know who he is. Never talked to this person. I look at him and I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, he says to me, quote, come on, dude, be cool. And I was like, no, fuck you, dude. That's not cool. Don't do that shit. And I was I was fucking livid. I was like, pissed. But I've come to a point in my life where, like, I don't rage. All of, like, I used to, like, be super hot-headed, but, like, it's ta- it's taken, like, I I would Same snap. I would season. snap, you know? Younger me would fucking snap and, like, cause a scene. So I told him, I was like, dude, that's not cool. And he was, like, kind of made me feel like I was a jerk for reacting the way I did. The way he that he took it. Like, I was like, no, you don't do I was like, you don't do that. I don't know you. Who are you? And um, needless to say, he got butthurt, walked away. Well, I was pissed about it. So I was like, I'm going to fucking blast this person on my Facebook because that's fucked up and people should know about this shit. And so hit. But you know what was the weird part about it? His band, they all like once I posted that thing on Facebook saying Mm -hmm. like, that's not cool to like go slapping girls ass at shows that you don't know. And like, even if you did know them, like. Mm-hmm. you don't know if that's cool with your friend or not. Like, I know we've talked about this, like yeah. mm-hmm. friend or not, like not cool. don't put your hands yeah. on somebody that you don't know. His band had the audacity to message me and ask me to take down my Facebook posts. What the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I didn't at the time. I was like, I didn't name him. I didn't even name your band. Mm -hmm. But people are smart and they'll put two and two together and look at the lineup and see what bands we played with. So you
3: are guilty. That's why you want me to take down this post, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So that's the thing. Being a female in the music industry is that we shit happens and a lot of the times it's overlooked or people Mm -hmm. want us to brush it under the table or delete it off of Facebook because we need to, for whatever reason, protect these male, you know, musicians And um, why? Why do we do that? It's 2021. We shouldn't. I mean, I've had it. I've had
3: it, too, where I've been in the crowd and I've had my ass grabbed. I've had like people like I have I have big boobs. I mean, I have people brushing up against them, making comments, doing whatever. Um, I've had where my husband has had his ass grabbed too, and it wasn't like a friend or anywhere else too. So I also want to put it out there that it does happen even with other genders, male genders or gender inclusive. So any gender that you identify, it's unfortunately been, it's, it's a, it's a problem. And, and it's really, really difficult because I think that when it's females, we're starting to definitely rise up and come together and be more vocal about it. But I even think with like men, it's often laughed at or made fun of even more because it's like, oh, you know, they look down on them because like, oh, you're a wuss. Oh, Mm -hmm. you got assaulted by a female. Like, oh, you couldn't handle yourself. Well, what do you expect? Do you expect to to, like hit a, a female or hit someone else because of it? You know, it's often frowned upon, but. I mean, I've talked about this instant before too. I was, I was at a show where um, Rico was opening, Lightspeak was opening and it was like a skater con and it was a bigger band and uh, I was wearing, I had pigtails and I have longer hair and it covered like my breast, like around my nipple area. And there was the lead singer, one of those, what did you call old schoolers? What did you call the old schoolers? Boomers. Punk boomers,
1: punk boomers, punk boomers, boomers, (laughs) right? That one (laughs)
3: of these old school entitled punk boomers, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And he just like turned around. Never fucking talked to him in my entire life. Never fucking seen this guy at all. He's definitely a big to doer. Everyone like worships this guy. And he grabs the bottom of my pigtail around on my boobs like area and brushes it away and says, "What does your shirt say?" And this, uh-uh. right, and this, uh right. And this oh man, it cops a filski. Yeah, but it wasn't, but uh. he, it wasn't really a filski, right? Because he was touching my hair, right? But it was right, it was uh-huh. in that area, and my immediate reaction was don't fucking touch me. I don't fucking know you. And yeah. I said that and I got pissed, and I got vocal, and he was stunned, like, kind like, of like how that? dare oh, you yeah. say something. But even still, I kind of look back on my reaction, mm-hmm. and younger me, I'm like, Angela. Even if he fucking knew you, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. Right. right. But that's the thing too, correct. that sometimes we're kind of conditioned to brush it off and think that certain things are okay and and also make excuses because in our minds, we don't want to believe that someone's going to mistreat us in that sort of way. So it's, it's not okay. I don't care what gender you identify yourself as. I don't care what your sexuality is, I don't care if it's a joke or anything, it's not fucking okay. Yeah. It's never okay. Yeah. I know you've had some instances too, Gabby. Yeah, the
1: one I I still don't think it like it's true. Like when we were playing and that guy got up on stage and tried to kiss me. Oh, (laughs) I remember (laughs) like while we're playing a song like we we were playing our set yeah. and he gets on yeah. stage like tries to hug me and then like goes for a kiss and I'm like what the fuck like but I'm still playing because I don't know what the hell's happening I'm like is this guy for real nobody's doing anything and this guy's like drunk on stage like we're trying to get him off and uh our former drummer Julie at the time threw sticks at him trying to get him off the stage and like he just wouldn't fucking get off and I don't know I think somebody eventually pulled him off after told him to fuck off but
0: yeah that was the thing though like everybody was watching this happen yeah. obviously watching him harass her and nobody did anything yeah. they were just kind of like
3: well yeah, i think people cool. are, are, staring, are sh- like yeah. kind of shunned i mean i've had it even as bartenders where like a friend would just like mm-hmm. grab my ass out of nowhere and i and i slapped him and he was like oh i'm sorry and shot it's like what <laughs> you think that that's a way to get in with me yeah like no like I mean, I don't care what I'm wearing. That gives you no
0: right. Gives
1: you no right. So, yeah, it's shit like that. Yeah. But
0: But I remember that show, too. And that guy came up to me because we had somebody that was, like, blocking his view and, like, trying to get him away from us. And he said to me, he was like, what the fuck is their problem? And I'm like, you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're the problem. problem." (laughs) (laughs) And he he was all put out that, like like he didn't do anything wrong and like he was just in that mindset like how dare we be upset with him harassing us during that set you know what what i mean through
1: your mind like oh i'm gonna go kiss her right now and she's on stage like
0: so i guess we need to kind of talk about like how do we how do we make this aware so that it doesn't keep happening or i mean how many times have you read online that a female was Scared to say something, or you know, what do you do in those circumstances? Well, I think um, the
3: buddy system, like you said, at Mm -hmm. shows are very, very important. But that doesn't—we shouldn't have to have that. If you think in that aspect, right, right. But we do. (laughs) I, I guess if anything else, this episode will help empower even just if it's empowering one Mm -hmm. person to tell their story speak out you're not alone contact the authorities you know be sure to make it known Mm -hmm. if you're around people be vocal about it yeah try and follow up is there any eyewitnesses that
1: are around so you have a something to stand on yeah i think this year how last year we were able to be more empowered to speak up against racist assholes and people i think this year will be more empowering to women too speak up about the abuse or any kind of mistreatment like that. So I think we're heading that direction, but it's still sensitive subject. It is.
0: It's, it's already, it's like happened a little bit too. Like even in the movie industry in Hollywood, like Rose McGowan, such a huge advocate for like calling them out, calling them out. Like, so you can see like in other industries where you can, yeah, that shit's definitely happened. But I mean, music scene, it's get it's getting there. The whole thing is like I under yeah, I understand you're might have like you laid down some foundations for punk rock and that's great, you know, you you put out some great records, but if you're a fucking shitty human, why are we protecting <laughs> these kind exactly. of people? You know what I mean? That's what just kind of gets me about it. And this is it, yeah. it just, yeah, it just kind of looks like people look the other way because he's he's in this band, blah, blah, blah. Like, OK, boomer. Yeah, yeah.
3: that's how these <laughs> that's how these, these people get away with things. Mm-hmm. These abusers get away with it and they victimize and yeah. they they think that they're, you know, untouchable because yeah. we fucking make them untouchable. So we're yeah. becoming a part of the problem if we're not
0: willing to fucking right. stand by
3: for what's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it's like it comes to a point where like we need to stop being afraid of the consequences or stepping on toes and just kind of not saying like male bashing or anything like that. Just that, like if somebody like like me, like he that guy slapped my ass and his band, wanted me me to take that post down. And I told them, I was like, no fucking way is that happening. That's on my social media. That's not on my band's page. Mm -hmm. It's on my page. And it was friends only. So I know people were like probably screenshotting shit to them. But I was like, I'm not taking it down because people need to know like what kind of shit went down that night in Prescott. And that, I mean, if they're smart, they'll figure it out and it's your band. But people need to know. So we need to stop being afraid to speak up and I think hopefully like you said this episode gives our listener female listeners and male listeners you know don't be afraid to speak your mind and or if it happens to you like like you said go to the authorities or or take those steps
3: um and if you feel like you don't have support message one of us yeah we Mm -hmm. will fucking support you even if we don't know you we will help tell your story we will stand behind you because that's one thing that we are together we're fucking sisters solidarity we're not going to stand for this shit and it's time to be a part of the fucking change and not be a part of the problem
0: when we come back we're going to be talking to kim austin booker promoter stage manager of the green room up in flagstaff which is now the yucca north Right here on the Sound Sister Podcast.
2: Together we have a voice One heart, one soul
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, welcome to the Sound Sister podcast all the way from Flagstaff, Arizona. Kim Austin. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Kim? Hi, how are you guys?
4: We miss you. (laughs) I know I miss you guys, too. I miss live music so much. It's been at least a year since I've seen you guys least
3: last time we saw you masks were not required that's how long it's been <laughs> yeah yeah
4: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my stage was open the bar was a different name things were yeah, very different yeah it was a green- <laughs> actually that was the last time
3: it was the full-blown tour was when it was the yeah. green room we just shared that on our sound sister page the other day it was a a pick from that run so mm. it's been a minute
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Kim, during our roundtable topic, we kind of discussed like the darker side of punk rock and what that really means. You know, all three of us have experienced some kind of sexual unwanted advancement, uh, whether it be at a show or like going to a show playing sure. show. I understand that you've you've had some encounters in your line of work and uh-huh. there's one specific one that I really want you to just take the time to kind of discuss on what happened and if you're listening to the podcast we're not going to say his real name this guy's he's kind of known for being trigger happy on on lawsuits and yeah. uh, we're, we're super DIY so <laughs> we, you know at this point we're not going to try to take you know go to court with him so we'll call him Dale Dixon and if you're punk rock and you know about early punk rock in the 80s you might know who we're talking about huge band yeah. you you could consider them i mean legendary at this point what their music has done for punk rock and the foundation it's built kim i'm just, i'm just going to let you you know tell your story and we're we're here for you so
4: absolutely yeah so again like she had said the um about being kind of prolific, I was I actually was reminded of this today. That this person's logo, their band logo, is actually a part of Flagstaffs. So Flagstaff has a bunch of like city stickers you can buy at like city hall and stuff. Like you can put it on your car and whatever. And they actually use that logo for one of the stickers to talk about being like again household name, prolific, just all throughout. Wow. And again, outside, I was—I was talking to one of my friends, and uh, she had mentioned you know all the bumper stickers that had that logo on it, and I was like, oh man, that is. Like, even actually my old, the old part, um, also you had that kind of incorporated into one of their t-shirt designs as well. So. Wow. There's that. But yeah, so I mean, to to kind of get started again, like all of you guys have worked music industry as well, but varying. So just as kind of a background. So I, I worked production for the venue. So I ran the shows either working with promoters or whether it was a show we put on ourselves. Either way, just kind of making sure that the venue side of everything was taken care of. So we had this band here, Dale, we had Dale here. And <laughs> and so I'd actually gotten a message from a friend of mine who works down in Phoenix, um, at one of the venues down there, who had them the night before. And she'd asked me, like, are you sure that this show isn't all ages? Because if it's all ages, we should probably not have it. You should probably not have it all ages. And I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I, I kind of heard some, like, rumors and stuff about whatever. But so, you know, I made sure the show was 21+. plus. And I put extra security at the um, entrance to the actual green room for the bands and make sure that nobody was getting in there fan or otherwise, you know? And then, um, so as the night progressed, things got a little sketchy with some of my female security that I had on as far as just Dale being like overly assertive and friendly and very like huggy. And so, I mean, throughout the entire evening as well, he'd been kind of, you know, hand on my shoulder, like how are things going? And I'm like, well, this is your set times. So, that's how things are going. Let's do that instead, you know? And um, so I sent all my female security home, actually, early, before the show was even done. Because things are just kind of progressing and getting uncomfortable for everyone. And so after that, the show was done. And so the if you guys have ever been to, well, you guys have, but for the listeners, <laughs> we have, um, the, bar, the bar that I worked at, the music venue, the back half of the, the bar, we would separate with a big curtain when shows were done. So bands could blow out and things, you know, kind of get settled back there. And people still had access to the bar and could drink in the front half of the venue. And so we'd already pulled the curtains. And so I was, went to, you know, and then like all the like information he needed, all the different like paycheck stuff, all the different, you know, settlement sheets, all that. And then was going to leave. And he was like, well, I would like a hug goodbye. I was like, hmm, all right, whatever. The night's done. So I'm going to drink after this and it is fine. So I just went to give him a hug and kind of like the side hug. And so I got pulled in super close and was I mean to the point where I couldn't move. And then he tried to kiss my neck and I was like, all right. So my first instinct is to kick a guy in a ball in the balls, basically, right? Like me But I was actually too close and too tight to even be able to do that. So I was like, fuck, just not Just like, what do I even do? And it is it is really important to note too is that the um, the guy who's selling all their merch and kind of like he wasn't the tour manager because I actually looked up and technically there was lead singer at the time was the tour manager for this this tour but the the merch guy had been acting more or less as throughout the you know whole evening so the the merchandising guy was standing about three feet away and just standing there and so i was like i need you to stop and let go and he kind of laughed and just kept going and i was like like you need to stop and so i yelled stop and the second time and was able to kind of knee him in the like thigh like right right it's like the femur <laughs> which gave a couple inches so i like elbowed his ribs super hard and he jumped back and then my my sound technician was in the sound booth a couple of at 20 feet away and he like heard me yell stop so he jumped out and ran over and was like what's going on and so i was able to get out the front and go and so they left went to their hotel whatever so actually though i didn't i didn't put this in the article that i'd written about an hour later a cab rolls up and um, the I believe it's the drummer and one of the um, roadies came back, and they wanted to have some drinks and stuff. And so they get out of the cab, and I was like, I was pissed at this point, like just good and mad. And I was like, So is it just you guys? They're like, Is you know Dale coming too? They're like, Oh no, it's just us. And I was like, Well, you work for a fucking asshole. And and uh, sorry, friends <laughs> organ I was like, You were, you work for a fucking asshole. And they were like. Yeah, yeah, we do. We kind of just looked down and walked away. So, I mean, it's something that I think the whole band was very much so aware of, whether or not the extent, but at least the some of the, you know, some of the intents, if you will. And so I, I then reached out to my boss at the time and, you know, some of my coworkers and stuff about it. And, of course, they were super sympathetic at, at the time. They were very much so, you know, if you make a big thing out of this, then you could lose opportunities in the future to be working in the industry in the regard that like, if this is, you know, if you can't find a way to prove it, if you can't find a way for all this, then you could, you know, you'll be seen as a problem child and the whole thing. So I just kind of sat on it and like ate it more or less for like about a year or so until, until recently. And then I was just, you know, I, I went down this like spiral after as well, right. I would like say for like, like eight hours just going through the depths of the internet Like Reddit, Twitter, and God knows what else, (laughs) like just trying to find these articles and like, and I could find all these posts that people had started and that had either been removed, or had been you know just just vague enough they hadn't been removed but not really focused enough to be able to offer any like help to people. So I don't know the whole thing again talking about the darker side of it, trying to I don't know. (laughs) Wow,
3: I I I. Wow, I can't. I just you are so strong. Thank you for coming forward and uh telling us your story. Um I know that you said that you've been sitting on it and it's been stewing. But what was the final breaking point for you to be like I got to say something. I got to reach out. This has to be told.
4: I think I think part of it was like I was having a conversation with a friend and we were like mad that one of our other friends hadn't like spoken out about a situation that was really violent and bad for them. And so we'd been serving this person who'd attacked them and unrelated altogether. We'd been serving them at the bar as like a patron for years. And we had no idea that this person was violent and like it's done these like things. And it was just, you know, and then we were like, man, but that person did it again and again and again. And so at a certain point, it's just like by staying silent, it's just adding to this, this man's been touring for 40 plus years and so all this silence, I mean, how many people over forty plus years had this experience, you know? And me like being kind of like frustrated with my friend for not telling me and so that you know I was serving this person. I'm like, fuck, that's the exact same thing that I've done. The exact same thing. You know? Mm-hmm. And it was like so at a certain point, like, you know, it shouldn't have to it shouldn't have to be like the victim's responsibility to do something, but I mean, fuck, something has to be done, you know.
3: One of the most you know heart wrenching parts of your piece that we're going to actually release on our website talks about looking at the bruises the next day and just yeah. you reflecting on that i mean anyone grabbing you without any uh, consent is wrong but you multiple times vocalized to stop oh, yeah. i wonder what would have happened if you didn't kick him you know or try to yeah. you obviously sort of, like, self-defense um, triggers that went off inside you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, fucking goodness that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. But how much would that have progressed? And the Exactly. That and, like, I,
4: I mean, and, you know, I'm 30 years old, and I've been around, like, people quote-unquote rock stars, and, like, you know, people whose music I grew up listening to, and kind of, so, you know, but imagine I had been, and I was 18, and my first experience ever meeting somebody famous, and, you know, being in a situation with them. And what if I was in the alley instead of in my bar? What if there was not my sound guy around? What if there was, you know, there's just so many like potential like instances where God knows, I mean, fuck, you know, like it could have, it was just, you know, situationally I got lucky in that regard, that it was a place that was my home, that I had friends, that I had staff, that I had, you know, the whole bit. But, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have the same story, but with a very different ending.
3: Right. And probably with the same dickhead. Sorry. I can't think <laughs> of even a word that like represents him. infuriates me. But. Yeah, it's I mean, super entitled. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact is it's a very self entitled, you know, misogynistic standpoint.
4: Yeah. Hold. So obviously. I mean, something that struck me about it a lot. too, And, and it's, and it's not me being, like, ego-filled, like, I run this show and whatever. But, I mean, but gen- like, genuinely, I was running the show. I was the person paying them. I was the person doing all this. And, like, the amount of, like, for lack of better wording here, the amount of balls that it takes to look at the person running your show. And person who is paying you in a bar that is still open with witnesses and assume that you can just, it doesn't matter. Like, that level of confidence is something that's, like, super startling to me. Cause I feel like at that point he's gotten away with it for so long that that confidence level is just like, egregious. Like I don't even, you know, and that was again, something else that like really struck me that I was like, man, this man has been doing it for so long, that he doesn't even, he doesn't feel like he has to even think about what the consequences could be. You know, like, he's untouchable. I don't know the whole thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking untouchable. Yeah. And that was one thing too, you know, when first uh, approaching uh, Drea about this to try to get your story out. It was like, instinctually, like, what can we do? How can we support, how can we open this up and make awareness not just for you to heal, but then for other people to identify and hopefully speak up and that sort of thing. The fact that the fact that he has that amount of power that he can just make people like, like you said, posts were up, posts were taken down, people retracted their messages he keeps silencing people. He obviously has some fuckers that are working for him. That's helping yeah. him. Do that. that. It's like, these are, ha- this is why abusers get away with things. And this is why, what happens when people do not believe the victims first, this is why we sit there and keep buying fucking records or music to people that don't fucking deserve it. And, yeah. and more yeah. people need to speak up. And, 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 and we also talked about yeah. it too because Unfortunately, it's not just you know inclusive to women too. There's a lot of men that have been abused too, and and it's even even more like not highlighted just because to them it's even more embarrassing. Yeah. It's like macho to come up like it's more of oh, a joke. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm just so like, oh, fucking pissed. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to and say I'm that. like all right. <laughs> I mean i just keep uh wanting um i just since this whole incident happened has it changed the way that you have done business has it changed the way that you have somewhat approached such situations with
4: with the talent or
3: yeah.
4: that you interact with definitely i mean and, and at first it like I like I almost quit actually like the whole like everything like music industry all of it like the the weeks like about, about a week after we had our next like kind of big show and um I will name these guys because this is super positive it's all good feed to them um p Lander Z played and you know and I was I was told my boss I was like this is my last show like I'm done and I was sitting there and you know I ran everything and I was I was very like so before something that I kind of prided myself on was being super hands-on with everybody who was in the band, whether it be the roadie, like everybody who was part of the tour, you know, making sure that everybody had their, like, whether it be as simple as drink tickets, but also this is the schedule, like this is what we're going to be doing. Like if anything came up, you know, and just being very like available and very personable. And I, I definitely changed to brisker, like just business. And that was, that was disappointing because that's something that I love about like the industry is being able to have, you know, these friendships that you build. But so I was working with them that night and I'd been very brisk and very like, this is your set time, this is your accommodations, this is your writer? everything you need. Got it. That's it. And so at the end of the show, or like towards kind of the end of the show, I was watching we had a small crowd and it was like 20, 30 people. And they they all like just were, sorry, they were, they were all uh, just having this like beautiful moment of like when the, when the crowd connects with the band. And, you know, they're like, wave your arms and everybody, you know, goes crazy. And like and just seeing such a like beautiful moment of music mattering to people again. And I was like, okay, fuck. And, like, that is actually the only reason I stayed, was that show. And I was like, okay, fuck. Like, this is why I did it. This is, I can rebuild on this, you know? But it did. It changed. From there, it was like, you know, it changed all of this to, you know, I had bands and I had agents and I had promoters that I worked with. That I was like, these are safe people. And then anybody that I didn't know, I, like, came out with fucking just, like, walls of, like, all right, this is your shit. This is what you need. And it definitely changed... I don't know how I felt about the shows, but the the person that I gave them for the shows, like myself, you know, like I wasn't accommodating. I wasn't a lot of things. It was like, this is lucid requirements and I'm going to do those. And that's beyond that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to come in and, and ask you if you need one last thing before you go, because nope, you know? And so it, it did change. Like, and it changed also how I saw music a little bit in the regard that, when, it, when I did vocalize it to some people like at the beginning, closely, every single person had a story that, not to them, that happened at their club, or a whisper that they'd heard from a friend of a friend's club, or something. Like, every person has a fucking story about Dale, more or less, that's worked with them ever. Every person does. And it's just like, man, like, and that was, so that was defeating as well, just like that hope in the industry, you know? Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I'm really fucking glad that he didn't take the music away from you because he doesn't fucking deserve that. Right. And, and, you know, you're very talented at what you do. And it's really empowering to see a female within power and, and just doing their job professional, but then also just being a good fucking person while you're doing it. And so I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to go back to what really matters. And it was the music and know that he he was the exception of the shit, not the sure. fucking. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Well, and to kind of like back up on that, it being in a female band and then dealing with someone like Kim, who is female, it makes it easier for us to feel yeah.
5: comfortable, safe, and mm-hmm.
0: yeah. safe. So, Kim, we need you in this. Yeah. In this scene, we we Thank need you
4: very much. That means a lot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine, like, you know, I, I'm
4: stable and at my home venue, right? But, I, I, like, going to a different venue every night and having to, like, fi- you know, figure out kind of who the people you're working with are and all that, I'm sure has had its own, like, whole lot of things, you know? Like, I, I have the, like, and it was something that I was thinking about, too, I was I was grateful that I had my home base, my home team. So, I'm sure it's tough going out and not knowing what the fuck you're gonna get you
3: know right and it's kind of hard like it's it's almost like in your own home like being disrespected Mm -hmm. it was
4: like well okay and like so funny side note i actually lived above the bar at the time so it literally was my house (laughs) so side note (laughs) yeah so it literally was my house yeah yeah I i lived in the upstairs yeah.
3: how long how long have you been in this industry
4: so i have worked I've, I've worked at the i mean name change now i mean i worked at the green room for four years and now now it's check it's a five years total it's right. i've been i've been working at the bar for five years um and it's always been a full music venue the whole bit and it wasn't until about two and a half three years ago that i started doing um production so I did work doing security as kind of just a side gig because I, like, I do accounting. So I was doing accounting at another, like, motorcycle shop, <laughs> whatever. And I was just doing, like, side side nights or whatever, a couple nights a week doing just security for a couple of shows. And then um, I left that to do full-time shows, basically. So, again, about, I guess, two and a half years, three years, roughly. So I, I do remember my first show was The Main. And it was, <laughs> and it was a sold-out show, and I was terrified out of my mind. But I, so I'm again, think about three years
5: now. So.
4: well,
3: I just want to ask you one one last thing in regards to this shithead situation that happened. If you, if we have a listener that has been through not only a similar situation with Dale, but any other any other situation, whether it's like they. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you like them to get out of your story? What would you like them to leave with this
4: story? What would you like to tell? You know, I, I, I think that one of the things that, again, sitting on it for a year was because even well-meaning people who genuinely love me and who were trying to do the right thing, they talked about what it would take out of me to come forward. And... You know, and what, what the retribution of me coming forward was. And I, like, I think that's a thing that a lot of people, part of why people stay quiet, especially in this industry, because it is small, you know? And so I would want them to take away that like, coming forward doesn't, like, it's not against them. And I think that that's pushed a lot by a lot of people that if you, if you cause a lot of waves, the retributions could be something that you may not be able to handle right? So keep yourself safe, and now we know, and we'll do better. But, you know, expecting somebody else to do better, they probably won't. (laughs) So, we, you know, so the takeaway is we have to do better for everybody else around us, and there could be things that follow us throughout our careers here or there, or as fans, like even just being people who go to shows all the time, you know? People may... May follow us a bit, but I feel like it's something that's worth worth it, you know.
3: And they, by not saying anything, they they take enough from you, and by you speaking,
4: that's a way of getting back of that. And, and but also to be fair, like just as a side note, if somebody doesn't feel like they are ready to talk, or doesn't feel like they have the support system to do so, that is completely okay too. Like more than okay. Like that is your own story, and you get to handle it how you want to. Before, you want to. but. If you're if all you're worried about is the retribution, then seek out people like you guys, (laughs) you know, who who will listen. And there are people that will listen.
0: I mean, I mean, you know, we've talked about it earlier. Like, I don't fucking care if, you know, boomers get pissed off. Like people need to know. Yeah. Like this is some of like just some of the things that we deal with as females in the industry it's fucked up but like it happens we need to we need to make it aware and kim i'm fucking stoked you came to us with this because yeah. we're here for you and, and uh, we support you a hundred percent
3: nothing but love and if you <laughs> want to stop listening to us because you don't fucking agree with this we don't need your fucking listening we don't need your fucking ears, okay <laughs> fuck you same. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. and on My that God. note <laughs> oh, wow.
4: I mean thing too though is that it's like okay so this is like the extreme thing that happens right but I mean as we all know being in the industry this is like this is extreme but what about the day to day tiny little things that happen that are bullshit right so it's like one of those I hope that we can take out the like top shit we can start working on the bottom shit too. you know like smaller shit
0: yeah, like, yeah.
4: work our way in
5: <laughs>
0: <Dig> it. <laughs> okay, so we'll take a little break here and we'll be right back on the Sound Sister Podcast.
2: Hey, this is Siobhan from the She's a Punk Podcast and you are listening to the Sound Sisters Podcast because of course you are. You're the best.
0: Alright, and we're back. So we're actually going to transition into the funner side of the Sound Sister Podcast, you know, because that fucker does not need a whole episode Mm -mm. dedicated to him and Kim you have a lot of great things going on a lot of amazing things you've done up north at the green room aka the yucca north now Um, booking promoting working with bands you know let's talk a little bit about that you said previously you've been working at the green room for four years right yeah four to five roughly Had you done any kind of booking before that, like DIY style? Did you go to? Not really.
4: I I like grew up in like punk houses and like, so when I was like thirteen, like I spent a lot of time by myself. Like, family family unit was what it was, and so I like spent a lot of nights like kind of just like where do I go? What do I do? And so I started going to punk shows and stuff when I was like thirteen, and like this old town in Nevada that I grew up in. And I, so I was just kind of wander around and find like house shows and whatever. And so I like, again, while I hadn't really done booking and stuff, like I, I spent a lot of my like early 20s like living in punk houses. So helping soundproof the windows with shitty mattresses and foam pads and like too many shows there, <laughs> whatever, you know. And so like that was kind of my first introduction, like introduction really into like the production side, if you will, of like punk music and that kind of thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had one of my old roommates was did all the booking for the um, hotel Monta Vista, which is also Flagstaff. Money and, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro- I'm so props to Steve because he's a fucking great dude and he's a great like, good booker, all the things. But so, you know, I, I started to see a little bit more of it from that side as I was kind of doing security and that. So like, so I always wanted to do music and i'm a musician myself but i hate performing and i have terrible stage fright so i figured out very early on that whatever i was in doing music could not be that <laughs> so uh it was it was just a very cool like the way it all, it all worked out was was awesome like a job i didn't even know existed and that i didn't even know how to define just kind of you know came to me from having just been there and a little bit so
3: Oh,
0: that's, that's awesome time. no
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, so, okay
0: I was gonna say we were um we were just kind of like reminiscing about green green room stories and like <laughs> <laughs> uh we were like you know what was like the last time we played there and I was like every time we've played there it's been snowing and the alley is full of ice <laughs> like Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should see the alley right now. Yeah. So, like,
4: literally... <laughs> then, every- we made them plow it before because we had bands loading in and out. Right now, it's, like, dead time. Haven't been as on it. That shit is gnarly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and for people that don't know,
3: it does fucking snow in Arizona, all oh, yeah. right? It's not, like, fucking <laughs> Cowboy Central, like everyone thinks, you know? Yeah, we, we literally <laughs> just
4: got jumped on for the last three days. We got, like, two and a half feet, and we're supposed to get another snowstorm. They could bring four to, like, 12 inches again tomorrow. Fucked.
0: So. That's fun.
3: <laughs> Let's go load in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I think the last time we were all there, we played with TSOL. And, yeah.
4: Uh, God, Jack is such a fucking upstanding human being, too. Like, that band was awesome to work with, for sure.
0: Yeah, he's great. Um, We were actually giving Angela shit because, in the, you guys listening, if you've never been up to the green room, Yucca North, you load in through the alley, and this alley is just kind of, <laughs> There's ice everywhere. So, um, there's bigger than me. (laughs) We (laughs) put Angela over here and we were just like, dude, remember when you like ate shit and like fell like (laughs) under the van? Like hard,
3: too. Yeah, I fucking ate it hard and I was sober too because my (laughs) rule is I don't drink or anything until the band is in the hotel. Like, that's my job. You're safe. No, I was fucking (laughs) (laughs) sober. I was just standing there, like. <laughs> did
1: your shoe fall off too? Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it
4: did. <laughs> like, it just, you have to say that, like, fucking, like, Doc Martens and just like boots, like, punk boots, do not have the best snow traction? I, you know,
5: I was don't. in fucking. Okay, like I wasn't
4: even in docs.
5: Okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> not even brand out. I'm just saying, like, any like boots that are like more like. Stylish don't necessarily stand up. I ate shit earlier today.
3: So
5: nice. (laughs) Now you
0: experience personal experience. (laughs) Right with your sister. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you talked a little bit earlier about how you lived in the apartment at the green room. (laughs) I wanna ask you. Have you had any ghostly encounters we're okay, so in we, there or living there?
4: Okay, so we have all of all downtown Flagstaff is supposedly very haunted. So like the hotel Monta Vista is like kind of the big one when you like look into it, right? That they have like all these yep. ghosts, like whatever. And then fun fact, there's actually there used to be tunnels that connected all these old buildings to the oh. fucking train station, right? Super creepy. So at the Monta Vista, if you go into their basement, like where or like their uh downstairs liquor like storage area there's actually this tunnel that leads off that leads down whatever else and so they're super creepy and pretty much all of them have been closed down since then like they have like metal grates in them and stuff and they called it a black widow infestation I don't know so I've never been able to actually go through all these but they like they apparently really exist and so but again that being said like almost every downtown building in Flagstaff has like some like unique ghost story so the one we have here uh, we 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 named him. I don't know his real name. His real name. We named him Jeffrey, and uh, so he was always in like kind of the back like area by the backstage, and like kind of by that back exit door and stuff and whatever. And they're like, so there was just again, every person we have who's like regular who does like any sort of like psychic stuff or whatever, they're like, well, but he's not an angry entity. But so there was this one girl that used to work here, and she was great. She's like the crassest human being I've ever met in my life, and he had it out for her. This ghost kid like, we would be like standing there after hours, like sitting on the bar, like having our shift drink before we head home, and all of a sudden, like a serving platter from like a shelf would come flying off and like at Macy's head, and we were like, "Shit, Jeffrey doesn't like you at all." <laughs> <laughs> like things like this would happen all the time to this poor girl and she was she was just like fuck this ghost like man. but yeah so jeffrey's the only one we've ever like really given credit to and like i personally never like had anything and living upstairs like truth be told though i mean there's so many noises that this building makes that god knows like god knows i didn't sleep through anything so i never really like but there was yeah Jeffrey is our ghost. So, what up, Jeffrey? Jeffrey. Right? I know, and we're right in the corner, too. This is right where he enjoys life. So, this
3: was
0: this always his spot. In the snow.
3: <laughs> jeffrey yeah jeffrey pushed me in the snow no, i was just kidding it wasn't me um i
0: well dude i hear jeffrey and i think of that scene in get him to the greek where he's like oh, okay. yeah <laughs> i love that movie so much
5: the jeffrey yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> anyway so, so i gotta I know some great to hear some fun like band funny crazy stories
4: you got to have some okay so i'm not going to name the band because they might get mad if i do (laughs) but um so there's this rockabilly band down in phoenix who are good friends of mine and like i I can like mouth it to you as this video is not going to be like yes yes, (laughs)
3: mouth. okay (laughs) yeah we already we we are
4: our buddy our buddy with the weirdest name that should have like you know all right so he stayed up and drank with myself and Brandon one night until, like, 8 in the morning. <laughs> and so his band's getting ready to load out at, like, 9 or 10. And he goes and sits out in the alley <laughs> while they're doing a loadout. And he just leans against the wall and sits with his legs straight out in front of him and passes out. Another car ran over his legs going through the alley. He didn't wake up. He didn't wake up. He didn't remember. What? So his bandmates got a video of his legs getting run over and sent it to his wife. So his wife oh. is like, all right, next time you come to Flagstaff, you fucking can't hang out with Kim and Brandon. <laughs> <We're>
0: like,
4: oh. <laughs> 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 so she's fine. No broken bones. So like,
0: but, yeah. <laughs> dude, I've de- I've definitely heard this story from the girlfriend like, <laughs> the <other person laughs> from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep, that was that was a good one.
3: Uh, <laughs> girlfriend, it was a good thing, good company. I guess. Oh my
5: god! How do you not know that?
4: Like, the fact, he didn't wake up is what truly perplexed me. I was like, wow, I'm a deep sleeper, but you officially have me beat, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. Can't oh, hang. All
5: right. Let's-
4: <laughs> I had another band who's like a folk band uh, out of Tennessee. They're amazing. Um, I still will not say their name because I don't know if she wants, she wants this to be her legacy. But it's husband and wife, Tio, and they would come here pretty often. And um, so for her birthday one year, she was traveling through. And she drank a bunch of recycle bins, which is like adios, motherfucker, in a pitcher with a fucking yeah. uh, <laughs> Red Bull. She drank like four of those. So I I went home early that night, I had like stuff to do. So the next time they were in town, like six months later, I was like, Hey, let's get some drinks. And she's like, I'm never drinking here again. I puked blue through your entire alley.
5: (laughs) And I was like, Oh oh god. (laughs) Fair enough.
3: So so what's it looking like now on the venue side? Because I know that the Yucca family definitely puts in great, great precautions and um yeah definitely frequently like testing what does that look like for your staff currently so
4: yeah so we've been we've been super cautious we've got we've got tea guards up everywhere all all wears masks we have tan sanitizer at every table we'll wipe everything down like um you know it's just it's been so far actually in flagstaff there are two bars that haven't had any like cases of covid within their bartending staff and we're one of them so ourselves in uptown so cheers to us like hey you know what's safe right but, I mean, but as far as music and stuff goes, like, I think it's hilarious that people have been pushing for karaoke because anybody who's ever taken apart a mic and cleaned it knows that that is the most vile <laughs> thing in the whole world. So, I'm like, karaoke should not be happening anywhere. So, if people can do it safely, good for them. But so, you know, it's been it's something we, we talked about doing. We're like, no, nope, it's not safe yet. And so, as far as music goes, we, we do have, um, we, we're, we've been talking about doing shows with in, like, late fall. So that's a hope that's kind of our first like big thing we've started looking into again but you know but so we've been looking we've been talking with other bands and so we still work closely with Yaka South obviously and um, they're their um, talent buyer but uh, Casey the new owner wants to do some stuff that's just us too if it works out and whatever so I mean you know as things get closer we're gonna be working a lot together and with Ben and with Yaka South and all that and Try figuring out what we're going to do next you know so they, they still want to do music they still want to do a lot of it i think it's gonna be a lot like we did six shows a week <laughs> for better or worse and i think we're doing more like three and a little bit more like like less of the kind of random tuesday metal and a little bit more of the stuff we can actually promote so
3: right um, and then you guys have bat arcade up there now, which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So, what so, are you guys doing to keep that safe for arcade games? Say what for arcade games? Like, do you guys have a protocol just as far as sanitizing? Yeah,
4: games? yeah. So uh, so the person who uh, runs all the like arcade stuff, her name is Rachel, and she her company is called Electric Bat Arcade. She's rad. so she um She's brought up, I think we have like, I think right now, I think it's like 16 different arcade games. And so as soon as everything lifts, we'll still have those games. Right now, we've got them spaced out six feet apart. We've got like bleach wipes on everyone, the whole bit. You bleach them out before you start, you bleach them out when you're done. So, yeah. But as soon as it's done, we're going to basically, like, I know I know it showed you guys kind of a, very, I'm sure, choppy video of what, what it looks like. But we're going to be able to um, condense all the machines right now. Again, they're spaced out. So we'll be able to condense them and do the whole bit and make sure everything's still, you know. So, so is there still
1: a stage back there or no? There is, there is. It's just oh. hidden. It's just hidden by curtains. Oh. Yeah, so
4: all those curtains come down and the stage is still there. Um, And then the sound, again, we're doing new sound system, the whole bit. Um, lighting's going to be upgraded as well. So it should be, again, Well, well needed. So it'll be good.
3: (laughs) Well, I have a very important question to ask you. Um, It's extremely serious. Um, (laughs) If you were a burrito, what kind of burrito would you be?
4: I think I would be okay. So a rice I like and how bean how she, she wasn't taken aback by it. <laughs> she she didn't think it was fucking weird. I tell you,
3: she's like, oh, yeah, and I, she
4: was like, I, I, so I eat I did a much. lot of burritos. Okay, <laughs> my girl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think it'd be like a simple rice and bean base. Cause you gotta have like the like fundamentals in there, right? And then probably something charboiled because I like like grilling and kind of the open air aspect of that, right? And then. All the fresh veggies, all of them, but then it has to be drowned in cheese and sour cream and all the sauce. Nice, yeah, nice. Mm. I don't yeah. know if that's what I would be or if that's what I would eat, but either way, I mean, is there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's the it's same thing, really. He'll eat it too,
0: obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, is there can you think of a time when you had a band that just had the like most ridiculous writer
4: oh god <laughs> <laughs> so honestly not really with us too much because most of the like deals that we would work out with agents being kind of mid-sized venue and small like we weren't technically a production company we were just a venue right so not really with us as much because by the time the agents like worked it out and stuff it was reasonable Like we we had their low end production costs, like as far as like what they were doing with lighting and things like that. But when I would have when we would uh, um, rent out to different like promoters and stuff, some of their shit I was like. Somebody bought a panini press, for a band one time, and which is actually now used in the kitchen. So props that. And somebody (laughs) bought a waffle maker one time. Uh, Somebody asked for six like cases of. Um, and I, I, cases is probably the wrong word, but it said on the thing, six cases of local IPA, not to exceed this percentage and not to be hazy. And we were like, again, not our writer. It was the promoter's writer, but still like, <laughs> and then somebody at one time was like, well, our agent didn't put it on it, but we actually need acid for our writer. And I was like,
5: what?
0: So <laughs> nice.
5: No.
3: Okay. So, no. <laughs> and else, I mean paninis
4: are just delicious. So. Right. Yeah. I get it. I get it. You want you want to smush everything into perfection. I get it. We also had a band send themselves weed one time, um, yeah, to our, our Building, and it got caught in the mail. <laughs> so all we got was the letters that had been confiscated. So when they showed up, I was like, "Here's your package." <laughs> like, <laughs> it
1: didn't work out so well for them.
4: <laughs> and, like, and the reverse address was like one, two, three, four, your mama or something. And I was like, "Oh God." They're oh, all. They were. Lucky. They were. They were bummed <laughs> out. They were, they were sad. No, yeah <laughs> Do you got my package? No, you'd be a lot cooler. I, I have a postcard about your package. So. Yeah.
3: Okay. You know what's a good idea? Let's mail it, guys.
4: Why, <laughs> Why not? not. A bunch of, yeah. Yeah. Especially that. like, okay, so like if they if they weren't going to look, your like your return address being one, two, three, four, your mama, like they are gonna look now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> going to,
4: they sure as fuck are now. <laughs> like that's still <sealed> your fate. That's
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. I don't.
5: I don't
4: know.
5: Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: dude. You, when you don't know. when uh when shows come back and everything's safe, is there any like dream band that you would love to book or have at your venue?
4: Oh man, like there's it's so cool. You, it's cool
0: if you say yes. That's cool. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. okay so something i've actually been like talking a lot about doing is starting my own production company once things kind of get settled and like figuring it out and like then through a couple of drunken nights i came up with a name it's gonna be vetted productions right so having bands agents people that are vetted so so to speak that aren't awful and and starting to do some more like southwest stuff but i mean that's still a ways down the road but so it's something that so those are kind of the bands i look at so honestly very much so you guys are one of those bands, TSOL is one of those bands, like, you know, things like that, like, bands that I just know that are, whether or not, like, ideally, we want the draw to be huge, obviously, but more than that, like, I want to make sure that every venue they play at is safe and every, that type of thing, you know, so we can kind of slowly get this shit, like, knocked out. But I like—I don't even know. I just—I would—I would go to a fucking terrible country band, a terrible country bar right now, go <laughs> see some fucking live
1: music. I don't even care. <laughs> so Kim, so you think going forward with the whole COVID thing, and you said about karaoke and microphones, you think you guys are going to start requiring bands to bring their own mics?
5: uh
4: i like honestly i have no idea i doubt it i doubt it because there's so many. i mean but i think it would probably make our sound sound guys job a lot harder like fucking take it apart and watch that foam every day <laughs> like, you know but i mean honestly it's not necessarily a terrible thing if everybody's a little safer along the road you know yeah um, yeah it's herp
1: you know wow <laughs> <laughs> mic drop
0: <laughs> <laughs> and angela
1: New shirt,
5: lots <laughs> 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 of oh, man! <laughs> yeah, I, I like
4: okay, but like, really, I have no idea what like Casey and everybody's plans are for like all that stuff. But I hope,
5: <laughs>
4: well, especially now, I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh
0: man, I'm gonna tell Kate, I'm gonna send Casey a message and be like, hey. <laughs> It should be a requirement for bands to bring their own mics. lot less. <laughs> lot less. I, I talked
4: to Casey about this at the Christmas party of all things. <laughs> so we're there, and we just like had this great dinner. His wife's up here. Everything's great. I'm like, so let me just drop this hard thing on you. Boom. <laughs> and he's, like, he's like, okay. He's like, well, like let's, like, let's do this. And I'm like, can I use like tobacco as a bar? One, better interconnection than my house. Let's just be honest. And two, better lighting. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's totally rad. It's like, fuck that guy. I was like, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then yeah, he was like, oh, tell them I say hi, too. So there's that.
3: Aww, like, oh, we, we love Casey. Yeah. yeah. He's a good man. For sure. I love his wife. <laughs>
4: Jacqueline, Jacqueline's rad as hell.
3: Yes, yes. kiddo's the
4: cutest. So, okay, fun story about his kid. I hope he doesn't get mad at me for this. Fun story about his kid. <laughs> so she's adorable. She's like four, right? And so, for Halloween, we were doing all these, like, um, decorations and whatever. And so, we had all these, like, weird, creepy-looking, like, like bleached-out baby dolls with, like, black circles around their eyes. And she collected nice. them all, and she called them her dead dolls. And she would, was, was reading them stories, and she loved them.
3: Oh, so, Sophie. <laughs> my kind of kid. Killer. My
4: kind of kid. Solid. <laughs> yes. he's so cute.
3: <laughs> On my wavelength. I dig it. <laughs> Creep
4: and not the herb right guys <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that um, should be the intro lot <laughs> <laughs> less <not> herb <laughs> jesus God. um for my own cur- curiosity like what made you reach out to me what is my what sorry what, did, what made you reach out to us to
4: so all right so i had like this idea that if i reached out to people kind of vaguely people that I'm actually friends with, though. I mean, not, not like, hit up a band's Facebook, but people that I actually, like, communicate with, right? So I sent, I sent out a message to probably about, like, 20 people that I know, like, in the music industry. Some of the people I didn't think had anything, like, were, you know, had connections or whatever. It wasn't even necessarily about that. Because I wanted to make sure that people in all the different, like, areas of it knew kind of what was happening. And I wanted to yeah. call them out in a way that was that was also talking about a solution, right? So, because I was like, I have no idea what everybody's into. Like, I didn't know you guys did a podcast till then. So I'm stoked to know that now, <laughs> you know? And so I, I reached out to people that I thought, people I knew gave a fuck about the music and not just the industry, right? Because there's a big difference there. People who care about just that and people who really genuinely care about, like, their audience and their themselves and people they work with. And that was, you know, so you guys were very much so on that list. Well, we got your back, dude. We do. Thank you. Yeah, i got your guys' back too. Like, I appreciate this very much.
3: We appreciate you.
4: <laughs> I got it. my little dog is like on one now. He suddenly woke up and he's super excited about life. <laughs> <laughs> super excited. He's living his <laughs> He's biting my arms. But let was countless. countless party. <laughs> he's, he's
3: living his best. Party time. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Well, I just have to say like, your, your story, even outside of, you know, the shit show that we talked about is a beautiful one. So keep telling your story um, to as many people as you can Thank you. passing it along and uh, some good will come from this. Good has to come from this. For sure. Yep. You Definitely.
4: Know. I agree. I feel like it has to, you know, yeah, for sure. So, but again, thank you guys so much for having me on this and, and for listening and for, you know, giving advice and support and all of that. Like, and I can't wait till music starts up again and get you guys back up here. <laughs>
5: okay, yeah,
3: and I could go back up there and fall on my ass. <laughs>
4: God, this alley is primed and ready for you, baby. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. I'm ready for a dumbass roadie like myself.
1: <laughs> so it, it'll it. probably be this time next year. Yeah, so, it's true. Like, it's true. Yeah. So
3: I'm, I'm fucking ready. Yep. Yeah. Fucking ready. <laughs> But um, yeah, hopefully we well, come up and even even maybe we could sneak up there with masks
4: just to say yeah. hello. Yeah. Well, if you guys ever want to come up and like hang out, like please let me know.
0: For sure. For sure. So we- we'll
3: definitely reach out to you too for like the follow up and, everything yeah. and you know kind of yeah. in some of those details too. So you got it. You got our support. It doesn't end here. Doesn't end right. Here. Yeah. It's just the beginning. <laughs>
4: All right, ladies. Thank you guys. Thank you. Oh, Thank you.
3: You take you. care of me, yeah. tonight, and let go of all that shit with this cool <laughs> moon, <bullion>, right?
4: <laughs> all right. Have right? Yeah. Yep. Let's put it out there. Anybody who knows Dale Dixon, just <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dixon's a dick.
4: <laughs> I think my internet's freezing up. My dogs here crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's all yum yum oh. <laughs> <"Nom, nom, nom,
3: laughs> He's on it. He's going for it.
4: Thanks, Tim. Tell Bye. Bye guys. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. See you. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> If you or someone you know has experienced or is currently suffering from sexual abuse, there are resources that can help. Contact 800-656-HOPE to be connected with a trained staff member from a sexual assault service provider in your area. Remember, you are not alone. Support is out there. Stay strong. The Sound Sisters are sending love and light to survivors everywhere. Remember to head over to the website soundsistersaz.com to read up on our guest and view pictures and videos mentioned in this episode. Go to Facebook and like us, Instagram to follow us at soundsistersaz. Check out our kooky sister podcast called Grave Sisters, located under the Sound Sisters platform on all streaming platforms. Check out older episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, and leave us a review. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We have new t-shirts on our merch shop over on the website, so go get one. Once again, thank you everybody who still supports the Sound Sister podcast. It really does mean everything to us. You know, on, on that note, this is your host, Drea signing off with my lovely ladies, reminding you to keep your eyes on the prize, always do your best, and wash your hands. Thank you. Good night. Bye!